Carter. I'm Eloa. And I'm Erin. And if you don't know three black bitches who love true crime, you do now. This is the I Ain't a Killer podcast. And we're back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. I was literally thinking about this. <laughs> you know, please don't be our ass. They okay. already do in the, in the comments. <laughs> they are you ready? In the DMs. I still got bruises from the last message. <laughs> what is it? I ain't got better bitch. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, life be life out here. They gonna be having to do shit. Right. We appreciate the enthusiasm, but damn. <laughs> Nah, y'all be making us chuckle. It's funny. <laughs> yeah, we're back, and it's been a whole lot of crime, so we're going to jump straight into it, because mm-hmm. what the fuck is going on? Every single time we take a break, every it, it could be like, oh, we just going to record late, or we're going to release late. Right. Like It'd be like, the world is ended, and somebody, <laughs> somebody stole the antidote to cancer. Like, what? I mean, one, one of the biggest, like, crime viral moments of this year happened while we were off literally so, with the damn submarine so, <laughs> oh yeah I think that might be on us we're sorry oh, please. I will not accept that um, I rebuke that in the name of the Jesus I don't even serve so <laughs> Yeah, no, that shit was wild. Every single meme was fucking hilarious. I am still getting my fucking laughs and still golden. And what was even funnier for me, it was like people was like, "So you're just gonna laugh at the billionaires?" So you just and we were like, "Yes, that's exactly what we're gonna do." Yes, because they're definitely laughing at us, right? (laughs) While asking why insulin is eight hundred dollars a vial, then see if they care about us. (laughs) They give a fuck about people. I just and also why why did you do that? Why would you ever? They was like, oh, so and so took 38 voyages to the bottom. I'm like, 38? You had me at one. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? The Titanic guy. That's who. That's yeah. the one. John Cameron. James, James Cameron. Cameron, yeah. The J. Cameron. But then after they found out that the, the it had imploded almost instantly, he was like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. <laughs> like, yeah, sure. It was funny because, like, my girlfriend had missed out on like the story as it was unfolding so it was like three or four days later after we already all made our jokes and stuff like that that I like told her about it and she was like yeah they went down there and got crushed that's crazy like why would <laughs> the pressure of the water crushed it yeah. this before like like they said that that's officially what had happened I yeah. was like you know that's a possibility yeah. <laughs> then I was like damn babe right, you knew You're it right. you knew Are it before the whole water engineer <laughs> <laughs> let me find out let me find out that's what you was doing for real right. <laughs> Yeah, the only one I feel sorry for is the the, the kid, yeah, because yeah. he, according to his auntie, he didn't want to go, right? Yeah, and somebody was like, yeah, and that's why we need to like to learn how to tell our parents, fuck no, right? Like, I'm not yeah. doing that shit. Listen, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I could we could do a whole episode. Yeah, we could. What I think about that, but we're gonna move right along because we're gonna be here forever. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Uh, the name of this, well, this is from New York Post. They so fucking disrespectful. So I know this shit about to be wild. Um, Kentucky woman Phoebe Copas allegedly shot Uber driver because she feared she was being kidnapped and she's been charged with murder. A Kentucky woman who was charged with shooting an Uber driver in El Paso, Texas after believing she was being kidnapped has been charged with murder after the driver died from his injuries. On June 16th, Phoebe Copas, age 48, of Tompkinsville, Kentucky, was in an Uber driven by 50-year-old, a 52-year-old Daniel Pietro Garcia. Oh, so it was racism. That's what I'm thinking. Like, damn, yeah, it, there, there's a few layers to this. 
Got it. Okay, so yeah, no, nah, these thoughts I already thought in. <laughs> and Phoebe looks like a, a black woman. Oh, damn. So, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, girl, what was you thinking? I don't know what's going on. Anyway, the El Paso, te- the El Paso Police Department said a preliminary investigation found Compass, uh, Copas was heading to El Paso's Mission Valley, and at some point she thought she was being taken into Mexico. According to an arrest affidavit, Copas began seeing signs to Juarez, Mexico, um, which is located across the U.S.-Mexico border from El Paso. Fearing she was being kidnapped and taken to Mexico, the affidavit notes, Copas allegedly grabbed a handgun from a person and shot Piedra in the head. Piedra's vehicle came to a stop after crashing into barriers on the freeway, though it was not uh, though it was not close to a bridge or port of entry into Mexico. In a news release, police said that the investigation does not support that a kidnapping happened or that Piedra went off track from Copas' destination. Copas allegedly took a picture of Piedra after the shooting and texted it to her boyfriend, police said. Copas was After the shooting? Mm -hmm. That's horrifying. Copas was visiting her boyfriend in El Paso at the time of the shooting. Piedra was taken to an area hospital and kept on life support for several days. Oh, that's awful. It's terrible. His family... His family ultimately decided to take him off life support when doctors told them uh, he would not recover. Copas was originally charged with aggravated assault causing bodily injury and held on a $1 million bond. Piedra died after being taken off life support and her charges were upgraded to murder and the bond was set at $1.5 million. Fuck. Yeah. In a statement to the El Paso Times, Piedra's niece, Didi Lopez, described her uncle as a hardworking and really funny man. He was never in a bad mood. He was always the one that if you if he saw you in a bad mood, he'd come over and try to lift you up. Piedra's family set up a GoFundMe uh, campaign because he was their sole provider and recently started working after being injured in his previous job. And Uber has not immediately responded to their injuries. <laughs> Uber sucks. I mean, inquiries. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's fucking terrible. That's so sad. That's really sad. Yeah. It is sad. I have a lot of questions because, like, did she even ask him to pull over or stop yeah. or explain mm-hmm. to her? That's what I'm wondering. There's so many things. And you're in El Paso, Texas. You're mm-hmm. going to see signs from Mexico. Yeah, right? Sure. That's just what it is. Yeah. I just don't understand your first instinct to be to shoot your... I mean, I understand. Don't get me wrong. I understand as someone perceived as, like, a woman or a mm-hmm. like, being anxious or nervous yeah. about... Especially in an Uber, like, ride share. Yeah. yeah. And somewhere you don't... The city you're not familiar with and all that, but... Um, shoot first ask questions later is wild yeah especially for uber and that's the thing too because i was like you know uber has the thing where they'll show you your destination yeah yeah they show you the track to get there so if you weren't off then why would you or did you even check that's what i'm thinking i'm like i think it would it like even if i don't know i just feel like her what she decided to do didn't make a whole lot of sense like i feel like if she really was scared of that like she would have texted her boyfriend or like been like I'm scared, like, I don't know where he's going, mm-hmm. or, like, call 911. Here's my location. Yeah, something. Or I think even in the Uber app now, they have where you can, like, prep some type of emergency line. Mm-hmm. But, like, immediately shooting in the head is wild. Like, at least go for the knee or something. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. Or just a chance to just be like, pull over. I'm, I'm oh, yeah. Like, just pull it up. Pull, pull out over. Your yeah. Like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that too. Yeah. yeah. As a threat. That you absolutely have to get the fuck out of my car if you pull a gun on me. Yeah, I don't no. care if I was kidnapping you or not. <laughs> <laughs> get out now. Yeah, I'm not doing this no more. I'm more mission. Yeah. yeah. That's so my thing is too, like, if 
if he had been doing that, I'm not familiar with the border or how close El Paso is to Texas. But when you go through the border, don't they check your car? Like they check your stuff, right? I don't know if they're as stringent going into Mexico. Okay, I feel like it's a little more. But I still feel like you know, unless he had her tied up and in the trunk, she still could visible to the to the guards that guard the border. She was like, "Hey, I actually don't want to go to Mexico. Let me check your passport, your license." Hey. It's yeah. me. I'm being kidnapped. It's just another example of how like strange. Like if it was, when did Uber come out? Like I want to say like twenty eleven, twelve. Yes, like ten, a little over ten years ago. El Paso to Mexico. Okay, this is like the center of Mexico, but this says it's like fourteen hours. So the border is okay. Total dropping distance from El Paso to Juarez, Mexico is nine miles. Okay, so maybe maybe that's not ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm still... Well, yeah, I guess if you're unfamiliar, but if I'm going to El Paso, I'm going to assume that I'm seeing signs for, for Mexican cities. Yeah. But maybe she just wasn't familiar. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it, like... I mean, just to think, like, when we were in high school, for example, before Uber existed, like, don't get in the car with a stranger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. now it's just so much of a stranger up. All the time. At 2, house. At 2 a.m. from a party, you're drunk and they're dropping you off at your home. Your actual literal <laughs> That's home scary. Yes. Yeah. I mean, at, at, with this story, it was like the other person was the scary one, but it is still like a weird phenomenon that is like now so much a part of our culture, but yeah. Yeah. it's freaky. I'm also confused at the racial dynamic because she looks black from the picture but mm-hmm. also that's how people be looking like white women when they get like super super aggressive tans <laughs> so like i don't know for and but also her last name is copas which is yeah copas yeah yeah which is you know latina so it's like both of y'all like i don't i don't know so i'm like is there was a racial aspect to it because i don't know i'm very interested people. for more information to come out yeah because yeah. there are things that <laughs> I, I have thoughts, but I don't want to say them and be dead as wrong. So yeah, I was, I'm gonna wait. I feel it. Like, I have yeah. some thoughts. Yeah, just based on this mugshot alone, she looks really fucking scared in this mugshot. She like, does look really scared. Like, or maybe she was like drunk out her mind or something. I don't. I don't know what's going on. But if she was legitimately scared and that's the first thing that she thought, I don't know. I just I feel really sorry for her if that was the if that was the case. Because that means, like, she did her, she panicked and she did the first thing that came to mind and then came out of it and was like, oh shit, like, this is what I did. But mm-hmm. when she took a picture of it and sent it to her boyfriend, that was right, like, that's like, a so weird move. Uh, yeah. I wonder if that has to do with her high ass bond. Yeah. Uh, 1.5 million? 1.5 million is wild. Because I didn't consider that, bitch. I, don't, I still can't get it. In a pro gun ass state. <laughs> Listen. So, on Twitter, I see that she does have another mugshot. I don't know what the charges were for, but she's been arrested before mm. on apparently violent charges. So, I don't know. We'll see. I'm interested to see what comes with this. I need to know more about Phoebe Copas before I can give a fully formed opinion. Yes. Know. And I feel like we've said this before, but be careful, y'all. Like, with these Ubers and stuff, I've seen people i've witnessed people have like a really really drunk friend and they'll just throw them in an uber don't do that yeah don't like no don't assume that these uber drivers are going to make the right decisions and then uber drivers y'all be safe too out here because right. apparently because yeah, no. anybody can you get in your car yeah you have no idea and your back is turned to them so just look out for yourselves y'all that's so sad and goes out to his family yeah for sure family. All right, y'all, we'll be back with the main story.
We're back. Yep. With the main story. It's me, Carter. Hey, Carter. <laughs> I, I smell it now. No, you didn't. <laughs> Y'all must have the, the, the nose for it. No, it's good. I mean, I, it's not going to bother me. I am very used to my own cat. Sorry. We have a guest today. Hello, I got a new baby cat. Yeah. Her name is Neptune. And she's so pretty. She's so she pretty. And she's so bad. <laughs> she has the zoomies. And she loves paper bags instead of beds. <laughs> Love that. I put a paper bag out first, so maybe she's in it. Okay, cute. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Um, okay, so our main story today, um, I don't know if anyone's familiar with it, it's called The Twilight Murders. And to know me is to know that I love Twilight. <laughs> so when I saw this on another podcast, I was like, I absolutely have to cover this one day. So here you are. Oh, wow. Um, our content warnings are matricide, suicide, self harm, and mentions of abuse. And what is matricide? When you kill your mom. Oh wow! Okay. I decided to start using like the literal words. Yeah, that's probably. I don't know. I just felt easier than like putting content warning. They kill their mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good idea. I that. <laughs> um, so this story has several players. So what I'm going to do is like give kind of like bullet points on some of them, and then we'll get into the story. Um, so the first person that we're going to focus on is one of the like most important people in the story. Her name's Kim Edwards and she was born in June of June 13th, 2001. So like two seconds ago. Wow. A baby. Yeah. Oh Y'all can walk. A literal 2001. Child. Yes. A fetus. <laughs> and June 13th is Gemini, right? Sure I think so. Yeah. So a Gemini. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure she was born mm-hmm. I think so. I don't know. <laughs> Capricorn, like, Pisces, Aries, Taurus, Gemini. It, yeah, I think, yeah, it's, I think Gemini. it's Gemini. It's Gemini, um, Cancer, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think she was born in the city where this takes place, which is Spalding, Lincolnshire, England. Um, so the story takes place in the UK, I think, because I always forget how the UK and Brit, Great Britain oh and England work. But don't over there, where they have the accents. <laughs> So great. So Britain is the island, and then the UK is like the empire. They took over Ireland. They took over Scotland and Wales too. Okay. So like that whole thing is the United Kingdom. So it covers the whole thing. Yeah. I feel like some people will use like the UK and Britain to Great Britain like interchangeably. Yeah. Yeah. And I only know that because of Dairy Girls. (laughs) (laughs) It's a show on Netflix. Basically, the Irish hate British people, which is like, yeah, I'll fuck with (laughs) y'all. Not the Queen died. We gotta go up. No, no. Definitely was celebrating. That shit was. Oh wait, I remember that. That was funny. It was very entertaining. No, definitely. Black Twitter and the Irish just united in a way I'd never seen. Listen, I love to see it. I miss it. So yeah, this takes place over there somewhere, and so Kim had kind of a rough childhood. So her mom ended up being a single mother because her dad left when her and her sister were really young. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was probably for the best because her dad was abusive to her mother. Mm-hmm. And Kim and her younger sister, Katie, who was like a year or less younger than her, um, witnessed that abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, but he left when they were really, really little. So um, Katie was the oldest. And so her younger sister, like I said, I mean, not Katie, Kim is the oldest. Katie is less than a year younger than her. And Katie was really, really close with their mom, but mm-hmm. Kim was not. Mm-hmm. So that's already like started this dynamic where Kim just always feels like, you know, Katie always gets what she wants. Mom loves Katie more. Katie's better, blah, blah, blah. So 
There's a story that is not, the details aren't completely confirmed by any source. Like there's different speculation on what what happened. But what is true is that when Kim was six years old, social services got called by her mom. Her mom's name is Elizabeth. So she called them on herself because some kind of altercation or conflict happened where Kim was hit in the face by Elizabeth. Now it's unclear whether or not she slapped her in the face or punched her in the face, but again, she's six years old. So either one is absolutely unhinged behavior. Absolutely. Um, But after this happened, both of the girls were removed from the house for um, six months by social services and child protective services. Hmm. Calling it on yourself is very interesting. It's really interesting. It's also interesting that that in turn caused both of the girls to be taken out of the home. So I'm like, there had to have been something more going on there. So I don't know if Elizabeth was like struggling to take care of them both, like really stressed out or what, but those are the things that we know are true. Social services were called. They were called by Elizabeth and she got them both back after six months. Mm -hmm. And Kim was sitting face whether she was after punch again we don't know okay but once they were returned back to the household kim the oldest daughter and elizabeth's relationship was never the same which is a, yeah no it's understandable yeah <laughs> um so elizabeth who's the mother she was described by everybody as someone who was like and this i don't know i feel like sanitizing someone after they're murdered violently Makes sense because you want to talk about the things that like were beautiful about them as a person, but everybody cannot have been just a wonderful, amazing, perfect person. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm not saying that this is true about Elizabeth Edwards. I think that like a lot of times when it comes to like fucked up mother daughter dynamics, sometimes the moms just get more benefit of the doubt than like people like interrogating the situation a little bit more Mm because clearly there's something going on but she was described by everybody in the community as super upbeat and super kind um they said everyone loved her she participated in the church choir um she would stay so she worked as a quote-unquote dinner lady at the local primary school which is the basically the lunch lady because they called dinner lunch and what we call dinner they call supper supper right yeah all right. So she's a dinner lady. <laughs> I mean, they're the original English right. English. Okay, so maybe I'm rolling so my eyes at because that is so, so it's kind of hard to listen to. Right. Like, as a black American, we're absolutely better than everybody else. Oh yeah. As, <laughs> as, a, as a, an American beefing with British people, Ooh, Americans yeah. bastardize everything that they got from the Brits. Right. So I don't yeah. have a dog in that fight. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she was a dinner lady, but she would also stay after school and like participate in like a bunch of after school programs like she was like she loved children she was always been any free time she had with kids um she did have a partner at the time that all of this went down his name was graham green and i was like that is such a like comic book ass name right. <laughs> he's the protagonist uh, right <laughs> and he seemed like a really really nice guy he like was head over heels in love with elizabeth um they were planning to get married but he wasn't living with them at the time for i think two reasons like he was a, a truck driver so he was on the road a lot mm-hmm. and two like elizabeth which i fully agree with had a like you know, well, like, I'm not having some random man in my house with my daughters. We're not married. You can't live here. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
Um, but he loved her so much. He had bought the family a dog and like would walk the dogs with the kids and like, you know, all that. And so we get a lot of um, perspective on what ends up happening from Grant because he wasn't there at the time that the ultimate crime takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't a whole lot about Katie, except that like she was also very popular, very likable. Um and got along well with any and everybody she came in contact with, supposedly. So the other person in this story is not a part of the Edwards family at all. His name is Lucas. So Lucas was born August 1st, 2001. I think that makes him a Leo. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we got a Leo and a Gemini teaming up for mm-hmm. chaos. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. Hate to be it. <laughs> <laughs> um, an air sign and a fire sign. Lord. Um, so he grew up in an abusive home as well, but like actually grew up in it. Um, his mom died of leukemia when he was only four years old, which is really sad. Yeah. So he was left in the care of his father who was an alcoholic and was really like overtly abusive. And his dad really just did not give a fuck about him. So he was, Lucas was in and out of foster, foster care, like, throughout his formative years and then eventually he had an aunt that took him in and assumed guardianship for him Mm -hmm. to try to give him at least some kind of a fighting chance Mm -hmm. but I I mean he had already been through a lot at this point and I'm sure she did her best but by the time he got to like um I don't know how it's broken down in the UK, but by the time he was in like eighth, ninth, tenth, eighth, ninth grade, mm-hmm. he already had a reputation of being like really angry, really detached, like huge behavioral issues, like always acting out and things like that. And he also said that he would punch and headbutt walls. Oh no. Which I'm like, at this point, we really got to get you some help because yeah, no. headbutting a wall. No. Is Your a frontal lot. lobe. It's already not developed. You're right. Not and now you can get dents in it. All right, y'all, we'll be right back after we pay some bills. Are you a huge cunt? Us too. Wait, can we even say cunt? Of course. It's empowering these days. Cunt, 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 cunt. I'm Ange Ballastone, a.k.a. the drag queen, that girl Gina. And I'm Mike Fails, just a normal gay guy, I guess. And we're the hosts of The Big Cunty Couch, a gorgeous new talk show podcast where we invite queers and peers to sit, bitch, and be fierce on a huge-ass couch. While we gab about all things gay. So come get cozy. And cunty. With us. We're pan for platforms, so find us anywhere online and get listening, sweetie. Or watching. Or both. Otherwise, why the hell am I in full drag? And we'll see you on the big... Cu- oh, wait. I thought we were going to say that together. No. On the big c***y couch. Mwah. Yeah, no, I'm good. A surface that's meant to stand the test of time. Like, that's not... <laughs> Literally bricks. That's not what you do. Yeah. That, <sighs> that's what he did. Um, he also didn't have a good time in school in general because he was bullied constantly. And he also had a younger brother that he would get into fights with. They didn't say who started the fights, but they used to physically fight, like, all the time. Mm. Um, his aunt tried to, supposedly tried to get him help. Um... What I got from my research is that her idea of helping him was calling the police. So why would I'm you like, not? Why? Well, yeah. Why? Why would you take in a kid, you know, has already troubled and been through trauma and then not 
at least have a plan in action of how to deal with that. Exactly. Yeah. Like, did you, you expect he was going to come and be like an angel baby? No, like, thank you for taking me in. Not. My life is completely changed. So am I. Like, right. no, not, no, right. It's yeah. going to require a lot of time and a lot of patience and a lot of money because yeah. kids need therapy. Um, Lucas would also, so he also suffered from dark like thoughts and things like that and he would harm himself Mm -hmm. they didn't say how um and i don't think that really matters but that's something that only gets worse with time so as i mentioned earlier kim was extremely jealous of her little sister katie who was super close with their mom and it didn't really seem to affect her relationship with katie so much as it did with her mom so like she resented katie but she would more so take out her anger and jealousy on her mom. So she would just like be mean as fuck to her. Um, according to Kim, and this is of course what she's telling authorities after the fact, but she would say that her mother would tell her that she was just like her father, um, the one who used to beat her ass and left them. And also said that she felt like the black sheep and that Katie got all of her mom's attention and that she loved her more. Mm-hmm. So that's Kim's side of the story. And I feel a way about this commentary, but according to Graham, there wasn't any favoritism. Graham was again the partner, the boyfriend. But okay, of course, he's, yeah, he's gonna say that he's in love with the mom, right? Yeah. Like, why would he say, yeah, she didn't treat her kids right, right? Yeah. So you know, just given all the perspectives, but I hate both of my step parents. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not team step parent. Just, I mean, given the fact that she was hit, like she hit her in the face when she was six years old, yeah is wild because you know being abused is i don't know it has levels to it being hit on your body that shit is not that shit fucks you up and traumatizes you but being hit in the face Mm. i feel like it's a whole other level of abuse Mm -hmm. and so yeah just that by itself yeah yeah, no that kind of i feel like that should give you some insight into like how she treats her kids but i do think it's really really interesting that she called the authorities herself yeah i I need more on that yeah i need more in my so in my mind i'm glad you said you know that she could have been stressed out and stuff like that because that's not even an angle that i considered at all Mm -hmm. it gave like oh bitch you finna get the fuck up out of here like okay Mm -hmm. you wanna you wanna act like you wanna see what the real world is about i'm finna call black child tricks Mm -hmm. like that's kind of what it gave me so like in my mind it was very like volatile yeah make that decision like i want to be rid of these children yeah you know, like oh, okay yeah. cool you want to be out there in the world okay cute like yeah because like i used to get into my mama like all the time and without even it wasn't even like an issue that of oh, anything that i did it was just like just strictly because we're into it it's like okay i'm gonna emancipate you it's yeah mm-hmm. so it's like yeah you're gonna go out here like, yeah CBS, so damn that's a good point yeah i mean based on all of the stories after the fact it seemed like people perceived that she was a good mom mm-hmm. and really wanted her children yeah so i don't know but that doesn't mean that what you're saying can't be true yeah i really right. would like to know more or i wonder know. if it was like um the which one kim kim is the older one yeah i wonder if like she was displaying some like violence or something mm-hmm. and the mom was like scared yeah yeah that's another you know, theory too. maybe like yeah. she was doing something to katie or something yeah and she's yeah. like we need something something needs to change here yeah i don't know i mean so, i guess too many different ways that right I know, which yeah. is why, like somebody i mean it's good to have community so that people can have eyes on like your dynamic and stuff mm-hmm. like that yeah because even her being charismatic like that's a red flag like mm-hmm. yeah charismatic parents the ones with the gift of god they get away with everything right yeah you don't know they what's going on behind the doors mm-hmm. and i mean 
I, I think it is admirable the reason she didn't allow, um, Green, God, what is what was his Graham. name? Graham <laughs> live in the house. Graham live in the house if it was to protect her children. But I'm wondering if she also didn't want to let him in the house because then he would have been seeing what was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. If there was like abuse behind the door, behind doors, you um, never know. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So as we said, Kim and Lucas were both born in 2001. So when they met in eighth grade, they were both the same age. I believe they were 13 and 14, 14 years old. And they met because Lucas was in Kim's English class. Mm -hmm. And one day in class, he had an outburst. I guess he just got upset. And he threw a chair across the classroom. And Kim really liked that. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. Not she... (laughs) She said, oh, not a fucking bird. Let her mercy. Please. I'm like, I, I kind of understand. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, I kind of do too. That's what I'm saying. Like, a bird. Like, that's me at eighth grade. Absolutely. I'm like, ooh, spicy. All the shit that I was going through, if a nigga had to do some shit like that, I'm like, he understands. Right? He knows how it is. It's not easy out here. That's what I'm saying. I'm angry too, boo. That's what I'm saying. We got issues. You don't understand. <laughs> no, I uh, I get it 100%. And I hate that for him because I don't have his name. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, he threw that chair across the classroom. And so they got interested in one another. And after that, they were inseparable. I mean, just like how 13 and 14 year olds yeah. be when they decide that they're in love. Blue and I, I don't even want to say the side because I don't want to demean it. I yeah. know that those feelings are really intense and really real for the people that are feeling them. And so they were inseparable. And so since Lucas was the subject of bullying in their school, once Kim and Lucas started dating, Kim started getting bullied too. Okay. After already dealing with like all the other stuff that she's dealing with, her insecurities and her relationship with her mom. She also had been known to self-harm and things like that. And now on top of that, she's also getting bullied because she's in love with this guy who's like so misunderstood was how she perceived it. Mm-hmm. So they had their own separate issues. And you know how when two people who have issues get together, it just exacerbates everything. Mm-hmm. Um, they talked a lot about suicide together and their relationship was just really really toxic anytime that they had any kind of free time they wanted to be with one another and it didn't go unnoticed um people became concerned pretty quickly of just about how obsessive they were about one another mm-hmm. um lucas would spend a lot of time at kim's house and graham even though he didn't live there he said that he never liked lucas like mm-hmm. upon first impression he said that he was arrogant and that he was an asshole colin a kid an asshole is a strong opinion to take, but considering what happens after this, I, I don't disagree. It's also <laughs> funny. I think it's funny when people be calling kids assholes. <laughs> you know, and the younger they are, the better. Right. That's what's hilarious. Yeah, um, Graham also said that his hygiene was really poor, mm-hmm. which I think a, a lot of teenage boys struggle with hygiene but he said that he was dirty and like would wear the literal same outfit every single day mm. that's probably why i got bullied yeah you know i had to yeah had something which i don't know i think like if you're an adult that's a super duper red flex like this kid isn't bathing yeah right? wearing the same shit where the fuck are your parents right right yeah that's what it's giving but you know according to 
other folks, Lucas's aunt was doing her best. Again, I just think it's always difficult to know the full picture when children just literally don't have rights. People don't believe in kids right. and people aren't necessarily looking into the... Cause you, I mean, I can understand why you don't want to believe the worst about someone who took in a child. Mm -hmm. You know? Right. You want to believe that they're doing their best. You want to believe that they're trying. So, you know, we just don't know. Also, what are school counselors for? Uh -huh. Nothing to tell you when you fail in. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm not, I'm thinking about that now because I know they have to work in like psychology, sociology, right? I'm just like, what the fuck were y'all there for? Hand out SAT vouchers? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think like, there there was a counselor that I really loved in school. So like, no down to you, Miss Jackson, you were the best. <laughs> but like, I'm trying to think of like, if the counselors ever did anything like outside of college application stuff yeah. or like I know there was a few times where like kids died while we were in school yeah. and they kind of like led th that situation like bringing therapists in and stuff mm -hmm. but yeah there was definitely some situations going on at school that were like big red flags that were, just went unaddressed mm -hmm. so I had this is an aside so if you don't want to hear this and you just want to hear the rest of the story probably skip forward like a minute and also but if you don't want to hear this you're on the wrong podcast <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had it's not a secret that I had a really tumultuous relationship with my mother when I was a kid and um, I got abused and I would also start self-harm. So I had a girl in my homeroom class who reported, like, she saw, you know, my scars or whatever and, like, told the um, homeroom teacher and the homeroom teacher, I guess, told the counselor and they did pull me into the guidance counselor's office. And so we kind of built a little bit of relationship over, I don't know, it felt like weeks, but who knows how time goes. Right, yeah. And... I did eventually like ask her for help. Like I started like confiding things in her and she asked her for help getting emancipated. And I do feel like she tried, I guess based on what high school counselors are even able to do. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know what, how they're degreed and what, you know, yeah. power they have. Um, she was supportive in the way of like teaming up with like my track coaches and stuff like that to like give me some extra support. But I feel like I'm in the vast minority when it comes to that experience. Yeah. I even felt, feel like she gave a shit, mm -hmm. you know? Um, cause I know a lot of people see their guidance counselor once a year mm -hmm. and right. it's based on getting into college or something. Right. Along those lines. And it's yeah. probably also, I'm sure they like have to deal with the same shit that like teachers do. Like they're assigned to a million and two kids. Mm -hmm. Like they have all this other shit that they have to do that doesn't have any importance like yeah. administrative stuff so i'm not doubting that they like they just literally your counselor mm -hmm. probably was taking time out of their day yeah in their like personal time in order to give you that attention so yeah. i'm not like and i was one out of thousands of kids right. in my high school right yeah. so i do it was I, also brought to her attention right it yeah, wasn't like, it was like she just like saw it and decided to you know i don't know we did schools need more resources absolutely they do <laughs> yeah also the language around emancipation is it makes me cringe because it's like y'all using the same language for slaves that right and somebody that. needs to unpack it because there's absolutely something there. Definitely. <laughs> I hate that. But yeah. Um, yeah, so Lucas and Kim at this point are really just struggling in the social aspect of school. Um, people also began to notice that Lucas was incredibly in controlling um, in situations in general, but especially in his relationship with Kim. Um, they said it was due to a fear of being abandoned because his mom had died when he was four and his dad was a piece of shit. And, you know, he just 
acted out anytime he felt that fear coming up for him. So by the time it's the summer of 2015, Lucas was getting into even more trouble at school and been put into like a separate pod for kids with obedience issues. I don't know about y'all. When I was in middle school, it was called the gift center. They like literally went to a separate school next to our school mm-hmm. and they had to wear like khakis and white collar shirts and shit. Mm-hmm. So I imagine it was something like that. <laughs> yeah. They went to a whole different school. If you, I mean, if you ended up at, what was it? Cram? I'm, not, I'm trying to figure out what what's the alternative school for like Atlanta or Decatur. Okay, anyway, but yeah, it was like always like the white collar shirts. And yeah, khakis. everybody knew you went to alternative school. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Not criminalizing children, but anyway, <laughs> yes, <laughs> literally. Um, so at this time, Elizabeth, this is the mom. She's growing more and more concerned about their relationship, especially because she found out that they had become sexually active with each other. So by this time, they're 14 years old, and she knows that they're having sex. Yikes! And she's like just at her wits' end. She's stressed out. Out, and she feels like Lucas is a really bad influence and I mean she's not wrong Yeah. so in 2015 she banned Lucas from being able to come over to the house anymore which you know anytime you tell a teenager not to do something they're just gonna find a mistake <clears throat> right they're gonna find a way to do it right. and it's just gonna escalate In response to this new rule, Lucas and Kim ran away together and they lived in a tent in the woods for six days. What? And no one knew where they had gone. So they had been reported missing to the police because literally no one could find them. And then they ended up being found because like they went into town to get some stuff and they got recognized and everybody was like, you're missing. <laughs> you should go home. <laughs> Oh my this story. Yes. Oh my god. And then also they were like there for six days. I'm just also scared she's gonna end up pregnant. I really was in over my head with a nigga when I too was fourteen years old, but ain't no way I would have lived in a tent for six days. I'm so sorry. That's I what the love toilet. Right. <laughs> I need my bed, like a shower. I need my iPod. Yeah. <laughs> my reality T V shows. I'm not <laughs> camping with you for six days. <laughs> so they were sent back to their homes, but Elizabeth of course was even more worried now and Kim's like self harm became more serious at this point so the next year but i'm assuming the same school year kim writes a note to a teacher and says to her i've tried to remain strong but i can't fight anymore i feel death is the only way mm. and her teacher's like shit right. uh, we gotta get you some hope and so you know she reported it as she should have and kim was assessed by like medical professionals and she was released very soon after really she's been assessed by this podcast for 10 minutes (laughs) and i wouldn't release her what the fuck are y'all doing people keep failing kids let them write inside this shit (laughs) we do this every time that's why this podcast (laughs) i'm tired what are our credentials person's 10, 12 years mm-hmm. old, they're going through this really stupid or really unnecessary thing. Mm-hmm. They could intervene, but they don't. And then when they do, they're like, oh, they're fine. Right. No, they're not. They, they're not actively in my face trying to harm themselves, so they're okay. Yeah, right. no. Absolutely. She wrote a note to her teacher. You know how big that is? That's a big That's big. big. And if I was that teacher, I would have made it my life's mission right. to no, intervene. Right. Save this girl. Also, the thing with teen angst is hilarious to me because in a t- 
entire group of people having a big issue, don't you want to ask what it is? They do the same thing to black people. They'd be like, oh, they always complain. About what? Do tell. <laughs> like, maybe we should dig a little oh, deeper. Yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> Every teenager's miserable? Oh, oh that's maybe maybe it's really why. Yeah. Maybe we te- treat teenagers poorly. Right. Yeah. Oh, they're it? all entitled. Ugh, God, no. I hate it. Um, so we're in 2016 now. So in the month of March, Lucas's behavior just becomes so untenable that he gets expelled and he gets transferred to another school that's an hour and a half away. Mm-hmm. So this causes Kim like distress. They're both upset about it, but because like Lucas is no longer allowed at Kim's house and the school is an hour and a half away, they don't see each other at school and Kim starts to spiral. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm sure she felt like that was the only thing holding her together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, um, at this point she made an attempt on on her own life by overdosing Mm -hmm. on some pills. Yeah. So that happens. She's hospitalized. She gets out. She goes back to school and kids are making fun of her and her attempt. Kids are fucking evil. They're all assholes. I, I, actually, that actually happened at a, one of my schools too. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't great. Yeah, really. Yeah, this girl um, attempted suicide, and then like people would make fun of the way that she like oh, tried to. Yeah, you know, no. And it's like when you're that young. It's not like I was like an activist or anything like that. And, but you know it's fucked up, and right. you don't really have any language to be like. Why the fuck would you make fun of somebody for trying to yeah. You know it's right. Like yeah. So you just don't say anything. And it's like looking back, I would have cussed them niggas out. Right. Yeah. But, you know. Being a kid is really hard. It is. It's, yeah. So, about a month later, it's April third of 2016 kim makes a facebook post she posts a photo and we'll put it on the instagram because i already found the picture um she posts this black and white picture of herself she's got like on like the the, the wide brim black like kind of emo girl glasses i had some i don't know if y'all did um she's <laughs> got like the swoop bay and it's the it's kind of like a moody like broody little picture or whatever she posts it on facebook and her mom comments on the picture she's like where's your small beautiful with a little x i guess like kisses and then she responds it disappears and her mom responds so they're having this conversation on facebook in the comment section her mom goes why hun and she says i don't know and then she puts a bunch of emojis that are so nonsensical it's like you know like a a panda bear a dog a smiley face like just random things and then her mom responds i think it's under your bed lol another little x and then they like share a couple of little gifts back and forth and that was the whole exchange it's strange in general, but it's also strange because it's super close to what ends up happening. And I don't know what this really says about their relationship. I wouldn't even be friends with my mom on Facebook, but yeah, no, that's real. I mean, her mom was like trying to connect with her. Mm-hmm. It seems like, yeah. and this seems like a really, I don't know, like cute interaction almost. Yeah. But even with her being like 14, I wonder if that was like the condition of her having a Facebook. So, like, oh, you can't be friends with me. And I can't yeah. Be yeah. I mean, my MySpace was secret, but I I, I like support it. that actually. Because like, what? <laughs> You're not gonna ask your permission. All my kids, gross little friends and shit. I don't see that. <laughs> um. So on April 9th Kim stayed at Lucas's house, even though her mom had told her she couldn't. And Kim and Lucas barricaded themselves in his bedroom. So, like, they just pushed all the furniture up against the door and, like, made it so that no one could get in, even though Lucas's family, I guess, was trying to get into the room. And then they eventually snuck out of his bedroom window to go to her house to get her birth control. 
And then they tried to sneak back into Lucas's house, but somebody in Lucas's family like wrestled him down and restrained him, and then they made Kim go back home. Which is so dramatic. It is extremely dramatic. dramatic. But also, like, so much. I mean, I'm glad she didn't want to skip a night. I would have just been like, fuck it. I'll take two tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we can't be taking these kind of risks. <laughs> the stakes are entirely too high. <laughs> if you miss one pill, would that fuck it up? Yes. It can. Okay, yes. Okay. Yes. It, it definitely can. Um... <laughs> Night. And that's 14 year old logic. It is. Because I actually would have said the same thing. Yeah. Like, fuck it, just pull out. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the sex ed podcast. <laughs> I'm a killer. I think this is before Plan B was like over the counter, too, because I started taking that in like 2007 or 8. So I don't think they had access to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when so Kim got sent back to her house, and when she got home, she found that her mom had bagged up all her shit and given it to her younger sister. You what? fucking lied. Okay, so now you're feeding into this idea that she has. It's yeah. fucked up. It's fucked up. And then, like, what she hadn't given to the younger sister, she had just taken out of the room. But apparently, and I don't know if they had had a conversation about it beforehand or what, but Lucas's aunt had emptied his room out, too. So, like, I guess this is supposed to be their punishment, but, like, this is, that's, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what y'all think that this is supposed to do. Because I'm absolutely going to be pissed off now, and I'm doing everything in my power to, like, well, not what she did, but I would absolutely act an ass. Yeah. I would have been, you thought I was a brat before? Uh-huh. Oh, right. Bitch. We're all having a bad because time. Because before, I mean, at least from the information we have, it was all kind of, like, teenage speculation yeah. that her mom didn't, didn't like her Favorite as much. Her. But now that's you're doing true. something so clearly like blatant in my yeah. face and you want me to act right it's you didn't fucked donate. Up. oh go ahead no, you go not to say you didn't donate her clothes you gave them to her right because she said who she shared her. a room with mm-hmm. can you imagine looking across her room and your sister got your shit she just moved her shit to the other side literally <laughs> but also my little sister i'm like okay if you wear any of that shit i'm gonna beat you right, right. You know? immediately it's on site <laughs> i'm gonna drag you through the hallway at high school <laughs> um so yeah that that was what they came back to um so this was the last straw for kim and lucas they said absolutely not um and so they dedicated the next week to planning the murders that they would eventually commit um so the original plan was that lucas was going to steal four knives from his aunt's house sneak over to the edwards house so where kim lived and that lucas was going to tap on the window three times and kim was supposed to let him in and the plan was that lucas was going to kill her mom elizabeth and kim was supposed to kill her sister katie (gasps) whoa whoa i thought that they were going to kill like the mom and the aunt so they attempted this plan on two separate nights, April 11th and April 12th, but Kim fell asleep both times. Oh. And I just don't understand how you plan something as serious as a murder and fall asleep. Are you kidding me? You have to be so detached. When I was in high school, if mm-hmm. I had a presentation the next morning, I was insane. <laughs> you were planning to murder your family and you doze off? So was she high? Apparently she slept so well she slept through him rapping on the window. I don't know if she was high. There's nothing here that indicated that they were on drugs, but also being 14 in 2016. I'm sure that yeah. yeah. And if like when she did her attempt, like she chose pills, it seems like maybe she's more comfortable with them. Maybe they do. I will say they have started drinking by this point. We do know mm. that they are not unfamiliar with alcohol, so maybe she had been drinking. That is a possibility. Even if this 
was something that he was super into, if I was him, I would stop fucking with her immediately. Like, the first time. Right. Like, this has already reached a level that's so far past egregious. Like, it's not even funny. But, like, trying that one time and then hitting on the window and then you in there knock the fuck out. Right. We're in drooling and shit and we playing an emergency. And I have four knives in my pocket. I'm going to be stabbing your mom. At this moment. And you're snoring. Oh, maybe next time. Uh, let's let's try, let's try again. again tomorrow night. Rain check. Like no, that's not how that. What? What? Yeah, no, absolutely. So those were the first two attempts, and then finally on April thirteenth, they made their third attempt. So Lucas comes to the window, looks through the window. Kim is up. He gives her a thumbs up. She lets him in the window. Um, he passes her the bag of knives. He crawls in through the window. They open up the bag. He hands her a knife. She holds it. He has his own knife. And this part is based on what Lucas told in his confession. He says that he went into Elizabeth's room, the mom's bedroom, and stabbed her in the neck while she was asleep and then smothered her with a pillow. Which, while incredibly violent, is mild compared to what actually happened. Oh, so that's what he told people, what he told. This is like his, uh, his first like statement. Okay. He said he went in there and stabbed her in the neck while she was asleep and smothered with her pillow, which sounds kind of like a one, two punch. Like, yeah. Too bad. Uh, and my mouth is fucking hanging open right now. I wish this was like, <laughs> <laughs> what really happened was a lot more violence. So pathology report shows that Elizabeth was stabbed eight times total. And five of those times were her being stabbed in her hand from trying to fight mm. back against the attack. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. And pathology also shows that her windpipe was almost completely severed. Ooh, what, from choking? From the knife. <gasps> so Kim oh. and Lucas, in their planning of this murder, decided to go for the voice box or the windpipe or the neck because they wanted to prevent Elizabeth and Katie from crying out for help. Oh, that's that was a part up. of their plan. That's, that's so really fucked up. up. Yeah. And so while Lucas is attacking Elizabeth, Kim's not in the room, but she hears like, you know, the struggle. She hears like gurgling sounds and things like that. So she went to go check and see if Lucas was okay. Oh, bitch. And see, she goes into the room. Lucas is on top of her mom and a hand reaches out for her. She thought it was Lucas's hand. So she grabs it back. She realized that it was her mom reaching out for mm. her for help. Mm. And when when Kim realizes that it's her mom's hand and not Lucas's hand, she snatches her hand away. Wow. Yeah. That's, and that's some probably true hatred. Yeah. And that's the last thing her mom probably experienced. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yep. And so remember, Katie's still in the house, she's still asleep, and she was supposed to be next. Mm. And Kim was supposed to kill Katie. But Kim just was like, actually, you know what? I can't do this. <laughs> Lucas, do you mind? Do you mind? I mean, oh. That's not the word she used, but... Yeah, no, I'm, like, like, right. I know, I, yeah. Yeah, I'm still like... I'm still stuck on her asking him to do something that she can't Like, first of all, you, we've been trying to do this for three nights in a row. Yeah. And we haven't because of you. And now you can't even pull your weight? Yeah. Yeah. She asked Lucas to do it. Absolutely. And Lucas was like... I'm more than happy to, my love. Oh, my gosh. So How goes, do these people fight each other? No, no, it's horrifying. Yeah. It's horrifying. So he goes into Katie's room, and he said that he thought that he stabbed her, but he wasn't sure if he stabbed her or the mattress. And then he slashed her throat because that was the thing, you know, to make sure that they can't scream. And then he smothered her with a pillow, too. And but now they're both dead. So wow. Kim and Lucas... 
are there after having committed these murders. Obviously, these are very, really violent ways to kill someone, so there's blood everywhere. And so Kim was like, Lucas, you should take off your clothes because they're covered in blood. He was like, okay. And so he took off his clothes, and then they took a bath together. Ew. I Ew. Thought this was going. I felt like this was going in that direction. Like a sexy time bath? Ew. Just a regular bath. I don't know. Maybe they had sex. They didn't Take, say. Okay, first of all, let me tell y'all. And, I, and you know, to each his own. But when I'm going to get in a bathtub, I shower first or mm-hmm. I shower after. Yeah. Because, you know, you're like sitting I in. I shower after. You know, you're sitting in your your, your things. Yeah. <laughs> they were covered in blood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're taking a bath. Together. Yep. Sitting in their blood. Need in the blood. Because, you know, the, the tub could not have been that big. The tub could not have been that big. <laughs> yeah. No, it could have been, been, been big Nope. Yeah. And I'm sure the water was red or brown or whatever. Also, Lucas Lucas had the nerve to express disappointment or whatever because he got blood all over his shirt and he said he liked that shirt and he had planned to wear it again. I'm sorry. At the very basic level, don't wear a shirt that you like to commit a violent, bloody murder. What did you think was going to happen? But he wear the same shit every day, so it's like, was it? That <laughs> oh, same? that was the shirt. No, no, but I'm so confused because well, that's you you're wearing it. You could have just taken the shirt off. Like at this point, there mm-hmm. aren't any real rules. Like wow, I this just, story. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So they took that bath together. Mind you, there's only one bathroom in the whole house, and it's upstairs, and it's like right next to the bedrooms where they just killed her mom and her sister. So they're taking a bath like across the hallway from her dead sister. And she probably thought it was so romantic. I actually feel like she just didn't give a fuck. She seems like she doesn't really feel feelings. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. As we'll, we'll talk about some of the things that she has to say later, but it just seems like she was just completely detached. I don't even know if she was like turned on by it. I think she just didn't feel any way about it. Yeah. <clears throat> so Kim then went back into her bedroom where her dead sister is on her bed and then took her mattress out of the room and drug it down the stairs into the living room. And, you know, since her and Lucas were clean and, you know, resetting for the night, they decided they'd have some sex and some ice cream and a few cocktails. And then they watched all of the Twilight movies. No, no, they didn't. I forgot that this was called The Twilight Murders. I know you fucking lied. No. First of all, all of the movies? There are five Twilight movies. Right. That's a lot. that is like... And they eat ten hours? hours? Maybe, yeah. At least... Because the last one split in two. Yeah. yeah. There's five movies. Okay. But they watched all the Twilight movies. I mean, I understand wanting to watch all the Twilight movies. <laughs> <laughs> Just in general as a person. As a person. <laughs> but... What? Going yeah. on that specific of a movie marathon after y'all just... So there was some speculation that they saw themselves as Edward and Bella. I don't know if that's just a sensationalizing yeah. because they watched Twilight. Yeah. Um, but when did... when did I'm trying to remember when like Twilight was like big. I know that they definitely were still coming out when I was in high school. And I graduated yeah. in 2009. And this is 2016. So okay, they so, were all out. Yeah. I, feel like in, I feel like, oh, let me see. I feel like 0809 was like around the time when New Moon was like doing their promo and stuff yeah. like that. Because okay. that was when the MTV Awards had the trailer and everybody went wild when Jacob turned into a wolf. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So, yeah. Me. I want to say No, Sammy. Yeah. yeah. I was really grown. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't have been original fans because they're 14 years right, old. Right, that's, why, yeah, I was, that's yeah. why I was trying to get it's at. I was like, was watch. it like, yeah. yeah, I'm like, it's kind of, 
old, I guess, at that point. Like, the, the wave has, has passed. I mean, it definitely wasn't the Spotlight Renaissance, because I feel like that just started that, like, yeah, two years just, ago. Uh, yeah, the what, other day. What, so what year is this? Because they're 2016, they're, and they're 14 years old. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so they would have been kids. But I mean, kids find things on their own sometimes. They're like, oh, this retro movie, yeah. Yeah. Like, like trilogy, I love. Yeah. Nobody gets it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's what they did. That's what they did that night. And um, they did also plan to commit this murder and then commit suicide. So oh, wow. later, a suicide note was found that was titled Fuck You World that had been written by Kim for the both of them. And in it contained instructions on where to scatter her and Lucas's ashes together. But they ended up not um, committing suicide. <laughs> wow. It's interesting that she she thought that people would scatter her ashes after all that. Literally. My girl. So, this... So, okay. Flash forward. It's April 14th and Elizabeth, who has, like, literally never missed a day at work, is never late, doesn't just not show up, is not at work Mm -hmm. for her shift as the dinner lady. And also... Kim and Katie are not in school mm-hmm. and also Lucas is not in school. So people are like, this is weird. Um, Elizabeth doesn't just disappear. Graham was like, you know, even though I'm often on the road, she never doesn't answer the phone when I call. Mm-hmm. So he's immediately super worried. Um, family goes over to the house throughout the day several times to knock on the door to see if they can get a hold of somebody to see what's going on. Even Lucas's aunt came by and knocked to see if they were there, and nobody answers the door. They they can't really like see inside the house. They don't really hear anything. They hear the dog barking, but oh, other dog. than that, yeah, other than that, they're just like, no, nobody's answering. So thirty six hours later, and after several calls to the police, the cops come to the house to do a wellness check, and they were like, well, now it's a matter of safety. They just go right into the house. They open the front door, and I just picture this like. A movie scene. They open the front door and Lucas and Kim are still just sitting in the living room on the mattress watching TV. What? After all those people? I thought they would have tried to escape or something. Nope, they're just sitting there. Like, they're supposed to be there. Oh, they're they're deluded. Cuddled up with empty, like, alcohol bottles and the ice cream containers still on the ground. Like, just chilling. What? Hard. So the police were like, why the fuck y'all ain't answering the door? Like, right. are y'all good? They were like, where's Elizabeth? Where's Katie? And Kim was like, they're upstairs. <gasps> and then, so they're like, what happened to them? Like, why, why wasn't Katie in school? Why didn't Elizabeth go to work? And then Lucas turns to them and says, why don't you go upstairs and see? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine being so fucking brazen? Like... What kind of audacity? Like, where the fuck did you get that from? You had 36 hours to run. You had 36 hours to even attempt to, like, cover up your crime, burn the whole house down, do anything, anything. anything. So the cops are like, I mean, I guess we will. And then they go upstairs and they see everything because they made zero attempt to do anything about the crime scene. Elizabeth and Katie are still exactly where they left them. The blood is still everywhere. And the butcher knife that Lucas had killed, used to kill both of them was still just like laying discarded in Katie's room, just like on the ground or something. And they were just chilling. Yeah. And it was determined that they never left the house like at all. 
not to get food, not for fresh air, nothing. They sat in that house for the full 36 hours with her the whole family dead upstairs. I wonder, like, at what point they decided they weren't going to commit suicide. I don't know. Because you had to know the next step was fucking jail. Right, yeah. So, so, y'all go to school right, so I'm like, did they spend 36 hours, like, trying to work themselves up to it? Maybe. It just, it just didn't happen. But to just be sitting there watching TV while the cops are knocking on the door is right. wild. Yeah, no. I'm surprised nobody had a key. Yeah. Of the family. Yeah. Or, like, parents. if, yeah, if, for example, if I hadn't heard from you, mm-hmm. and everybody that you know hadn't heard from you, and it's been a day? Yeah. I'm knocking on your door. Yeah. I'm not waiting for the cops. Yeah, no, that's real. I'm breaking windows. Right. I'm figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing is, like, they're there for the whole 36 hours, so they have to be going up and down the stairs to, like, go to the bathroom. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's the only bathroom in the house. Yep. So, um, investigators said that Kim was, like, super emotionally detached from the entire experience. Like, Lucas wasn't really super talkative. Kim was, but she just seemed like she just really didn't give a shit. Um, because they were both 14 years old, they couldn't be named in, like, um, the media mm-hmm. based on their laws in the UK. But in 2017, the restriction was lifted, and then everybody was able to find out that it was them that committed the crime. Because, like, up until that point, people were like, okay, like, what the fuck happened? Like, who actually killed Elizabeth mm. and Katie? And people speculated that it was them, but they didn't get the actual answer until 2017. Um, Lucas said about the crime that he, in his relationship with Kim, felt wanted and needed by her, and that later, after they became, like, super attached to one another, he felt like he had to protect her from any perceived threat, and that by the time they decided to commit this murder, Elizabeth was that perceived threat. So, I don't know how that made sense to them, but that is what he told the authorities. I'm like, no, you you the threat. Right. (laughs) You're absolutely the threat. Um, Kim says about it that we felt laid back about what happened. Neither one of us felt bad about it. Um, She also told a shrink at one point, I wanted to get revenge for the way my mom treated me. I did not feel anything for my mother. She deserved it, and I'm glad she did. Wow. Yeah. She also said that now her mom doesn't have to be deal with her being suicidal and stuff anymore and <laughs> worry about whether or not, you know, she's going to wake up and she's going to be dead. And um, Katie and like, you know, asked why she killed Katie. She was like, well, I didn't want her to have to deal with like all the stuff, the stuff like being her mom being murdered. <laughs> That's how you know that these kids, like, their brains are all the way. Because yeah. none of this Absolutely. makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't none of make it. sense. Um, so in the UK, once you're 10 years old, you are responsible for your crimes, which I think is a very low age. <laughs> yeah. 10? 10. Well, Not 10. Can you imagine being 11? They're like, so you're a fully grown adult. You're going to be tried in the criminal justice system right. as an adult. Wow. Um, so they were both charged with murder. So like full blown murder, not like juvenile murder or anything like that. It changed their charges at all because they're both 14 years old. Their defense was like, clearly there's something wrong with them. So we're going to try this insanity plea. They wanted to get it reduced to manslaughter due to them having reduced um, capacities. But obviously Lucas and Kim did end up seeing a psychiatrist through the court system. And in the report, Basically, what was found is that both of them 
probably would have been diagnosed with personality disorders, but because they didn't meet the age for that diagnosis, neither one of them got that formal um, formal diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. And I think that that's straight. Cause I feel like we did another case where that was the case. Like there was a kid who clearly had a personality disorder, but because they were a kid, they couldn't be diagnosed with it. And I'm like, well, then maybe the age should be lowered for that. Right. Because, or like, there should be language for it. Like yeah. he's showing these signs, yeah. but he's only this old, like there should be a, like something. Cause yeah. his personalities develop very early, like what, four or five years old. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. If you're able to recognize that this person has problems, even if it's preliminary, you mm-hmm. can just be like, okay, they are pre yeah, yeah. such and such pathic tendencies or something. Right. Yeah. Yep. But um neither one of them got that formal diagnosis. So they were tried just based on the crimes as they stood. And they're both serving seventeen and a half years right now. And they are Britain's youngest ever double murderers. Wow. So they're going to get out in 2033? That sounds right. That's not that far. It's not. It's not. We were only 14 when they went in. Well, probably like 15 based on how it takes for things to go to trial. I wonder if because they weren't able to get that diagnosis, if like they aren't able to receive like psychological help or maybe they can like get it once they reach that age because yeah. I, I they need help they need a lot there was um somebody involved in this case that i think was a psychiatrist or a doctor of some sort that said that they really truly don't think that kim can be rehabilitated wow um I mean, to have such a callous approach on murdering your mom, I, I too, would have questions. I have to believe that most everyone can be rehabilitated, but to say you just don't give a fuck about either your mom or to feel nothing about it is really scary. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's also, I don't know, it kind of made me mad, too, that, like, there's all these evaluations and there's all this examination going on after somebody's already dead. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Like that's what y'all need to do with these kids. As soon as they show some weird tendencies, they don't need to be like overly examined and diagnosed and stuff. But someone need to be checking on them and talking to them. Yeah. yeah. Like as as soon, when she got slapped. Right. That's it. That, yep. As soon as the slap happened and the CPS was called, that's when things should have started mm-hmm. in motion. Yeah. And make a big fat note. The mom called CPS. Right. That's weird. I'm not like really familiar with the foster care system and that process and stuff. But and I also know that a lot of the the people involved with the foster care system just are not good people. Yeah. But I'm like, there's got to be some type of program or something that provides those services for kids that are in foster care, like therapy psychology. You would think that it would literally be built in. Yeah. The system is so violent and any kid that ends up in that situation automatically needs extra support. Yeah, and they should, that should just be like, it goes along with everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But they don't want to give it money anyway, but so I'm not shocked that they don't want (laughs) to put money into that. It's also weird too that they give money to foster parents, but they don't give money to parents. (laughs) True. That's weird. Yeah. Or like when a kid ages out, they don't give them money. Yeah. Yeah. Like if y'all had to do that, they probably could have just stayed at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally. Right. I'm, I'm sure in a court. Yeah, mm-hmm. in a lot of cases. 
It was giving Gypsy Rose like a little tiny time. Yes, absolutely. I was thinking, ain't she supposed to get out this year? And she should be out. Let's look. Yeah, I think she is either already out or very soon. This is such a cool morph. Oh, yeah, I like those. Uh, she will be eligible for parole in 2024. I really felt like it was. Yeah, I did too. Maybe they pushed it back. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I remember start seeing her again mm-hmm. in okay. like, the news Sometimes and stuff. This is from 2021. It says she's anticipating a 2023 parole hearing. Oh, so maybe it got like pushed. Maybe or I would be pissed. She's married. Oh my god. Okay, we're getting off uh, subject. Yeah. If you have not heard of the Gypsy, Gypsy Rose case, please the who get out from under your rock is. <laughs> Really entertaining, and then the documentary on HBO, Mommy Dead and Dearest, is so so good. Yeah, it's a very interesting story. Yeah, very interesting. I'm endlessly fascinated by Munchausen's spot proxy. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, one of the most fascinating things. Absolutely. You know, Eminem. Uh, his mom did that too. That actually doesn't surprise me. Yeah, he talked about it on some of his songs. Yeah, she used to put pills in his food or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, no wonder he pissed. Because <laughs> every album, here you go. Yeah. We got here because it's Fuck my mom. Yeah. Fuck my baby mama. It's like, all this off the glass. Like, and what are you going to use? Now I get it. Alive. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely get it. Well, damn. Alright. We'll be back. Should this be a crime? Oh, I missed that. Oh, me too. <laughs> Put a little vibe right over the end. <laughs> <laughs> when we uh, do our live show, you have to sing it live. Oh my god, please. <laughs> <laughs> Did they get to see me do oh it? My god. Little, little if the crowd joined in, I would, that would be so cute. I would die. Oh that my god, would be really cute. <laughs> Okay, we'll put that in the universe. <laughs> so this, uh, the Should This Be Your Crime Today was posted on USA Today, and it was published on June 29th, which is, oh. Yesterday? I was thinking, yeah, okay, yesterday. <laughs> I was freaking out for a second, because I was like, wait, is it July yet? It took me a second. Don't mind me. I don't know what day it is. Okay. So the title is, Chicago Mom Accused of Telling Son to Shoot Man Sues Police After Murder Charges Dropped. A Chicago woman accused accused of telling her teen son to shoot a man at a hot dog stand when a man attacked her is suing the city and members of its police force after murder charges against her and her son were dropped. Carlisha Hood, age 35, was held on $3 million bail at the Cook County Jail. $3 million bail is wild. What? Three has bail, million? Has bail always been like this? I don't know. Did no. it rise with inflation? No. I'm so confused because then we just do a story with somebody's 1.5. Yeah, 1.5 for a fucking, for murder Yeah. Somebody. Okay. And she didn't actually pull the trigger. No. Three million is a lot. Just like it's given like uh, Austin Powers. Like we just start making up fucking numbers. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor Evil. Three could trillion, like trillion. You know it. That's like after a certain point, you're just being ridiculous. It is ridiculous. You know that she don't got no three million fucking dollars. Like. 
Mm-mm. Okay, so she was held on the $3 million bail at the Cook County Jail after she was charged last week with first-degree murder and contributing to the delinquency of a minor in connection to the June 18th shooting of Jeremy Brown, age 32. Ooh, yes. Hood was released from the jail on Monday after Cook County State Attorney Kim Fox's office dismissed charges against her and her teenage son. That same day, prosecutors told USA Today the state was unable to meet our burden of burden of proof in the prosecution. A tort lawsuit filed by Hood Tuesday in Cook County Circuit Court names the city of Chicago and five police officers as defendants and alleges false arrest, malicious prosecution, and emotional distress. I've experienced pain in many ways that I would have never thought the associate the associated press reported hood said after the charges were tossed what happened to me was totally unnecessary never in a million years would i have imagined being brutally attacked beaten and being arrested prosecutors have said hood has a valid firearm owner's identification card and a concealed carry permit when reached by usa today on wednesday the chicago police department declined comment citing pending litigation fox's office could not immediately be reached On the night of the shooting, surveillance video released by Chicago police shows Hood and her son arrived at a hot dog stand at Maxwell Street Express in the city's south side in a blue Lincoln Nautilus. I don't know cars, y'all, sorry. (laughs) According to court documents, Hood entered the business to get food while her son waited in the Lincoln. Shortly after, Brown entered the restaurant and an argument broke out between them. Court papers show. Video footage from a cell phone posted on social media over the weekend shows a man yelling at Hood over her food over her food order before threatening to, quote, knock her out. The man then punches Hood in the face and head multiple times. Prosecutors said Hood texted her 14-year-old son who was outside to come inside the restaurant. Her son then entered the store, pulled out a gun, and shot the man, who police identified as Brown. The pair then followed Brown as Hood told the team to continue shooting, prosecutors said. Brown died at the scene. According to court documents, Hood is represented by attorney Brandon Brown. He could not immediately be reached by USA Today. On June 18th of this year, my life changed. My son's life changed, Hood told reporters at a news conference this week. Court documents show a hearing on the lawsuit is set for August 31st. My thoughts on this are, I don't know, I just have so many weird feelings around this because the way Twitter went up was so, it was so extra and it was just so against everything that everybody's always saying. Like, everybody's always so, like, pro-gun and like, oh yeah, I keep a tool on me, da 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 and all this shit like that. And I'm like, okay, well, this kid was protecting his mom. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that happened, not all of a sudden y'all like, what? It was something weird. It was like y'all blaming like black single mothers and like mm-hmm. she got him in trouble and da, 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 da. And I'm like, y'all ain't said shit about this grown ass man who whose arms are long as shit. He's like mm-hmm. connecting. Mm-hmm. And, if and he watches his whole fucking back into them shots. Mm-hmm. It sounded like sound effects. Yeah. That's what they do in movies to get punches to sound mm-hmm. harsher than they are. And his shit sounded like it mm-hmm. was like a boom. It's like a cracking sound. Yeah. yeah. And he hit her multiple times over the fuck what and there were other men present in the establishment and <laughs> we didn't gotta get into that part yet they didn't even say shit and then like it took you know of course women to come out black women specifically to say 
Y'all were not protecting this black woman. Like y'all were not even y'all was not even speaking to this black man. That protecting black men means that when you see them putting themselves putting themselves in a shitty situation Mm -hmm. like that, like attacking somebody's fucking mama, maybe you step to him. Mm -hmm. So if you're not gonna protect that black woman, at least y'all could have said something to him and be like, Okay, yeah, chill out. Like you need to you need to back up or like get your food go, like we'll deal with this over here, you know, something. Nobody did anything. Everybody was just standing there recording. Yeah. And that shit is fucking wild. And the way that y'all go out y'all way to blame black women for shit is so wild because like y'all would y'all would skip over so many steps and so many trains of logic that could have led you to something else and just jump straight to right oh she got a man's trouble like that's I don't know. Like, That's, what happened to guns being there to protect yourself in these kinds of situations? Mm-hmm. What happened to if somebody talked to my mama crazy, it's on site? Yeah. What happened to I put a nigga <laughs> six feet under if blah, 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 blah. Now, that, Fake, that's not relevant right. when she actually did what she needed to protect herself and her son did the same. Absolutely. Right. How did that completely go out of the window? Absolutely. I don't understand. I thought this was exactly the situation that we have guns for. Exactly. Right. According to y'all. Because yeah. I, I didn't write those rules. Exactly. I actually am not a fan of guns. But I thought these were rules that we decided upon collectively. We carry guns. We tell everyone to go get guns. We tell specifically women to go get guns mm-hmm. to protect themselves from men who attack them. Because mm-hmm. if we don't do that, then it's their fault. Mm-hmm. So which is it? I also don't believe that it was over. Him going to the parking lot, like, okay, so if you do that in a store full of Because he told like, them to come outside. Exactly. So what the fuck was he going to do? He was he going to his car to get his gun. Right. Exactly. So absolutely, he was right, right. to shoot him again because I'm not going to let you shoot me and my mom. Are you <laughs> saying? Like, what? That's pure self-defense. Like, and then, isn't Texas program? Like you said, the... This is Chicago. 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 Okay, Chicago. Yeah, I'm tripping. I don't know why I'm thinking The Texas. first city, first story was Texas. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's wild for y'all to even lift your finger to get on any social platform and be like, this is any type of way her fault or that little boy's fault yeah. is is terrible. It's it's also like really telling the like um, huge extremes that this mother and son had to go through like with the legal system like mm-hmm. to be arrested put in jail and had a three million dollar bond mm-hmm. three million. only to then be like let go yeah. you, like that's so extreme yeah. that like clearly there's like s- like someone's not doing some shit right right and we know who it is yeah, but, you know what i mean like I'm, i mean i'm shocked that 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 all that it ended up what it where it is now yeah like i'm shocked yeah i hope that she gets every penny from the suit yeah um i hope that this little boy gets the healing and support that he needs i can't imagine having to literally kill somebody to protect no that's that's more than enough punishment that y'all think he deserves you know that's like i can't imagine what that would be like Mm -hmm. that's gonna follow him forever Yeah. yeah and the mental toll that it takes on somebody to to cause harm to another person, one, mm-hmm. when you, especially when you're that young, and then for him to, for that person to not be alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. horrible. And then to have the whole internet talking about you and yeah. the situation. And giving a weird-ass fucking opinions of anything other than support. Right. right. You know? And the other thing is, too... So I just, I think I just saw this this morning. His family, like the guy who uh, was shot, mm-hmm. his family, his apparently his nickname was like Knockout King or something. Oh, 
So he was a fighter for real. I guess so. I don't know exactly what the history is behind that, but his nickname was Knockout King. And when they buried him or whenever they had his funeral or whatever, they were wearing shirts that said like Knockout King. Yeah, stuff that's like that. ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. And it's like on Instagram or whatever. Leave the girl. fucking room, first of all. Yeah, that's all right. I'm saying. I'm like, even that's his nickname. I'm like, girl. No. <laughs> yeah. They, this whole situation started because he doesn't know how to control his fist. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, no. Um,. So, I mean, that's going to suck either way. Like, whether whether your family member was the victim or whether your family member was the one who was out there doing that shit, it's going to hurt. So, like, I know that his sisters and his mom's family and stuff like that, his friends are hurting. But also, this person that y'all loved caused immense harm Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. a very visible way. (laughs) And it was super preventable. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like you said, le- read the room. Like, yeah. try to understand exactly how this went down. Um, him being a knockout king contributed to that, and him misusing his power in that. Mm-hmm. Um, please don't put that on social media. But y'all already did it, so that's yeah. I'm just really. I don't know. We already mentioned it. But I'm just so disappointed. There were so many people also right. present in that situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like. Like you said, if you wanted to save his life, then you should have intervened and got him to calm the fuck down. But watching him literally, like, beat the shit out of this woman, it was was wild to watch. Like, he fully intended to cause her as much bodily harm as possible. It wasn't a, she felt attacked or she was, like, advancing on him. He just said, if you don't shut the fuck up, I'm going to hit you. And and fully did it. And did that More than once. And was not, like, pulling any stops when it came to his punches. He's not a small fucking man. He put his whole fucking body into that shit. That shit shook me. I'm like, I don't know. And then stuff like this is getting retweeted on the top. Like, you don't even have to go looking for that shit. You could just be scrolling and just Mm -hmm. accidentally see it. Because I haven't seen like the entire video i seen one that got like cut off after like three seconds or some shit like yeah. that and i'm just like you could just see this shit on your timeline you're like what the fuck is this boom you've seen the whole video yeah. like that shit crazy yeah like you know that i don't know well i don't know i guess like my last standing opinion on that is one no it's not a crime they never even should have been taken in maybe for like a statement so right. they can understand exactly how it went down, but they should never have been held on the fucking $3 million bond. No, yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. And then two, I don't know, black black men need to step up and start protecting each other before they end up dead. Like, yeah. whenever I see violent men die, like, even with the whole thing that happened with um, XXX, mm-hmm. everybody had something to say about, like, how he was failed and how, like, he was a good mm-hmm. kid, and he mm-hmm. needed guidance, and he was misguided and shit like but that. But no one was doing anything. Where were we all when he was alive? He was a whole rapper. Y'all should have right. taken him under his wing. All these fucking rappers, all these black men are, like, so visible to each other, and they're watching each other struggle and be violent and put themselves in danger. But y'all don't have nothing to say, or y'all want to talk about improvement or taking better care of each other. We're now already six feet under. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking dead. He's not coming. Ain't no rehabilitation. Ain't no apology. Ain't no community accountability or nothing. That man is dead, and he's never coming back. Yeah. Right. And none of y'all did anything to stop it. That shit is so wild to me just to even fucking imagine. Yeah, in that same vein, like, as much as I joke and I kid about, like, hating men or men being irredeemable, like, I don't actually believe that. I believe in the imminence of most people that, like, Mm -hmm. we should, somebody, not we, somebody Mm -hmm. that it makes sense for them to be invested in rehabilitating that person should be. Mm -hmm. Like you said, I think that that onus is for men is on other men. Mm -hmm. And, like, I do, there's a part of me that hates that this man is dead. 
I think it mostly has to do with the kid having to be a part of that story. Yeah. yeah. But I, I do wish, obviously, that this situation could have gone differently. It just so easily could have gone differently. Yeah. Right. Like, it was just, oh, there it's such so a many, simple yeah. fix here. Like, there's the people that work in the restaurant. I know they don't get paid to do that. But, like, I think about that Waffle House video I saw the other day with that those two black men were fighting mm-hmm. and then a white man intervened and started this talking to God back. Yeah. And then he was like, no, you're not going to do my guy like that. And then they both started beating his ass. Or actually, he tried to stop him from hopping on him, but he had to knock him out. I say all that to say, there's just there was opportunity for someone to be like, you are out of pocket and maybe you got the right to be mad, but we're not going to do this right now. Yeah, no. Like it's as simple as that. Cause I don't know. This is just awful from top to bottom. Yeah. They absolutely should not have been arrested. Yeah. No, no. Cause there's nothing, there's nothing that a person can do inside of a hot dog stand or any type of food establishment, American daily waffle house. That calls for all this. That calls for you to no. be throwing them fucking haymakers or whatever. But like, I don't know. I'm just still shook at how hard he was throwing the fucking punches. And then what, what was the alternative ending? Like, yeah. the son was just going to watch his mom get punched to death? Yeah. Because that's probably what would have happened. Yeah. Very likely. And like, when he told them to come outside, it would have been a wrap. He absolutely... I don't care what anybody says. He called them outside to continue the threat. Like, mm-hmm. he wanted to get them out there in the dark where there were less people watching to do whatever it was. Because why would you tell them to follow you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm. No, definitely not a crime. Not a crime. Now, me personally, I would probably be too afraid of whoever county police department, Cook County, too fucking afraid of the police in general to file a suit. Y'all got it. Y'all let me go. I'm done. But like, now that Mm -hmm. she's filing this suit, I hope she wins. I hope she gets every fucking dollar. I hope. I hope she win three million dollars, even more than that. <laughs> right? Because that's how much you—that's how much worth you put on my life. So yeah. give that shit, yeah. Like, and I hope she's covered and protected through the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, absolutely not a crime. And I don't know. Um, I don't know. We I just, really hate this for everybody involved. Really, me too. Mm-hmm. And they and they like the police force and the justice system just needs to like recognize nuance. It's like they don't even know that that exists. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like just because you kill somebody doesn't mean that you need to be in jail. Yeah. There are so many different things. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah. I don't know, but I know our listeners aren't the aren't the ones that need to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you have a take that's different than ours, as always, we want to hear it. Yes, so please. You can find us online at Ina Killer Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, and Ina Killer Pod on Twitter. And you can listen to us on Apple Music. You can listen to us on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Anywhere else where you can find podcasts. Yeah. And even though we be taking so many breaks, we do love y'all. Bye. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>